Good morning. You're listening to Concerted Activity Radio, a mini podcast on how to unite the working class. As the U.S. remains a global bellwether for capitalism and imperialism, its ruling class uses the polarized public discourse to further weaken our unity as a class. We as a collective see the urgency to raise and unify our collective consciousness, develop strategies, and eventually win back the control of our own lives. Welcome to our first episode where we talk about why the minimum wage has increased, but the livelihood of working people has not. President Biden's $1.9 trillion relief plan proposes a doubling of the U.S. federal minimum wage to $15 an hour. Whether you're bipartisan, pro-union, or liberal, one thing seems to be clear, that the demand will at least reduce income inequality, raise many out of poverty, and help a lot of women workers. National Employment Law Project claimed that the minimum wage increases are needed now more than ever. But is it really the solution to workers' hardships and economic inequality in this country? Recent history shows that wage hikes did not really help the working people. Under Barack Obama, we saw numerous minimum wage increases across the country sparked by the Fight for 15 campaign led by progressive unions like SEIU, with many black and brown workers of the fast food industry joining. While the campaign claims that 19 million workers benefited, the minimum wage is not being enforced for other millions of workers even to this day. What about all the people who work off the books, were denied overtime pay, and for whom this increase simply means more wage theft. Even before the pandemic, workers across the country were already facing wage theft to the tune of 40 to $60 billion a year. Why are we increasingly seeing workers facing longer work hours and doing more than one person's job? Why were workers facing deeper unemployment and underemployment not reflected on official data? Why has the disparity of wealth escalated? Why has the working class become more fractured than ever with racism intensified? The fight for 15 contributed to all those worsening conditions because really only a small sector of the working class truly benefited from that wage increase, namely those who were making the previous minimum wage already. And for all of us who were making less than or more than the existing minimum wage, or who were misclassified as independent contractors, or who were salaried, or who were unemployed, at best we'd say, okay, that's great, but it's not really relevant to me. Economic demands are great. Like, of course, one would love to earn higher wages. But economic demands by themselves are not enough. We can't fight capitalism with more capitalism. At the end of the day, our same old system based on exploitation is left intact. A system that extracts values from workers of all walks of life and then divides us up, leading us to think that one person's gain must be another person's loss. So we must fight each other. A system that casts immigrants as industrious, cheap laborers and job stealers, a narrative that the bosses then use to legitimize immigrant workers' long-hour, highly exploitative workdays. 
same narrative also allows the same bosses to then justifiably push the citizen workers into the same conditions by simply saying, well, if you don't work just as hard, then why should I still keep you and not just hire someone who worked harder and cost me a cheaper rate? Even big corporations and the government get away with this by subcontracting work as they hire immigrant day laborers to do the work that previously are done by unionized construction workers. And the workers have their reasonings. Like, I need a job, so I need to take whatever I can get. I need to keep my job, and so if my boss is to lay other people off when the minimum wage increases for me, then why is that my business? Everyone thinks that it's someone else's issue and that we're all competing against one another for a job. Only the top 1% know that they can extract more from us if we stay divided and misguided, pointing fingers at one another as our competitors for jobs, resources, and services. No wonder the ruling elites of all stripes are eager to pass minimum wage increases. They count on pacifying the few of us by throwing small benefits here and there that doesn't really keep up with the rising rents, doesn't really keep up with bus fares and food costs. They really count on slyly leaving most workers, feeling like, why does someone else get a leg up but not me? Calls to raise minimum wage only fortifies the fallacy that we're all living under a system that is, at the end of the day, all just undemocratic and able to fix itself. You might be asking, okay, enough for critiques. What are your alternatives? What then would be a demand that will expose and challenge the system expectation and unite the working class? The unemployed white Trump supporters and protesters who took part in Black Lives Matter, and the recently unionized Google workers, and the overworked bicycle delivery workers, and gig workers, and basketball workers, all of them. The question we should be asking is not how to make life better for me alone, and pray and beg for everything to go well because no one can really predict what's going to happen in the future. The question we should be asking is how to strengthen us, all of us, as a class, so that we take back our lives, we take back our earnings, our time, our health, back in our own control. Because that's the only way we can be guaranteed a future to begin with. Our system, of course, brainwashes us into thinking that, for example, working long hours is good because you can make more money, support your family, buy more things, or get a promotion. Some of us might even think that higher wages can enable us to work less hours when you do climb up that social ladder. I don't know if you've noticed, studies really show that today's workers across the spectrum, across income levels, have been working longer and longer hours. Whether they're high-paid programmers, lawyers, tech workers, or low-paid food delivery workers, despite steady increases in minimum wage over the past decade. Karl Marx helped us to see that our boss's profit really comes from our unpaid labor time, the surplus value. The boss makes us work more hours in a day 
beyond the amount of wealth that we create that will cover the amount needed to feed and sustain us to help us come back the next day. It's the product of the extra hours that we work that constitutes the boss's profit. So it's really a myth that working longer hours will enrich workers as a class. It's the exact opposite. We collectively get poor. And when you think of it, it's like, of course, long work hours that destroys our health and taken time away from our family and life in general. Many women, especially housewives, skip round-the-clock care for their children or aging parents, but are considered freeloaders at the end of the day because they live on public welfare and not technically working, quote-unquote. While unpaid, these forms of labor deserve to be recognized and valued by the society. It's time to ditch the fantasy for minimum wage increases. Time to take back the control of our work time. Socialists and progressives should know about the victory of the eight-hour workday and the labor movement century and a half ago. It was a powerful attack on the system of exploitation that unified workers of all trades, including many immigrants. Instead, today we have the system that gives workers the right, quote-unquote, to work for however many hours they want, as long as paid a time and a half. There's no upper limit. I mean, when did the right to work as a slave deprive the means of production suddenly become a human right? But at the same time, Bernie, AOC, Howie, Hawkins, unions like ACIU and NELP refuse to stop long hour workdays. Though they're fervent advocates for minimum wage increases. Don't tell me that they've resigned themselves to the goal of having us all be better paid wage slaves, grateful for small patches of welfare here and there, or that they've bought into the idea of freedom of choice. Freedom to work longer hours. Freedom to work like a slave. By focusing more on wage increases, the self-proclaimed progressives are upholding our system of exploitation that rests on sexist and racist beliefs. Well, it's against our interests, the interests of the working class, to beg for a little relief that then the ruling class will bestow upon us for sheer survival. We need to build a new labor movement, one that puts up front a political demand to end long work hours. Instead of begging Biden or regional governments for higher wages, we should be asking our politicians for working people's real control over the means of production. We should be fighting for our lives and our future. for listening we depend on the support of listeners like you please visit us at patreon.com slash concerted activity see you next episode